Chapter Twenty Seven of Laramie Holds the Range by Frank Spearman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven Kate Defies. The instant he saw Kate in Hawk's keeping, Laramie rode down with the flood, looking sharply for a chance to get out the two horses. When finally he did get them ashore, he was spent. Leading Kate's horse, he made his way up creek through the willows to where she should be with Hawk. Hawk's horse he found browsing in the heavy wet grass at the old ford. Neither Kate nor Hawk were in sight. Laramie walked down to the water's edge where Hawk had pulled her out. Familiar with the meander of the bank below the ford, he saw what had happened. The bank, undercut, had been swallowed by the flood. Laramie ran downstream and came suddenly on Kate, standing alone on a rock jutting out above the torrent. In the uncertain light of the gray morning, he saw her anxious face. She explained what had happened. Laramie showed no alarm. I guess Abe will handle himself, he said. Can't we do anything to help him? I'll put you on your trail, then I'll ride down the creek and look for him. He'll make it if his strength doesn't give out. Laramie took Kate up the creek, and, riding through the hills, brought her unexpectedly out on a trail within sight of her father's ranch house hardly three miles away. He pointed to a break heading from the creek. "'You can follow that draw almost to the house,' he explained. Then, reining about, he wheeled his horse to take the back trail. "'Are you going to run away without giving me a chance to thank you?' she exclaimed with a feminine touch of surprise. "'There's a gate near the head of the draw where you can get through the wire,' he rejoined stubbornly. "'I can't see how I can ever repay you for what you've done tonight,' she persisted. He was coldly uncompromising. "'You needn't bother about any pay, if that's what you call it.' Skillfully she drew her horse a step closer to him. "'What shall I call it?' she asked innocently. "'Debt? Obligation? "'I owe you a lot, ever so much to me, my life. "'I've done no more for you than I've done for less than a human being,' he returned impatiently. "'I'm sure that's so, but human beings,' she added with a touch of gentle good nature, "'are supposed to have more feeling than cows or steers, you know.' "'I never had a cow or a steer call me names,' he retorted rudely. "'If you weren't a human being, you wouldn't mind being called names. "'You wouldn't be so angry with me, either.' "'I'm not angry,' he said resentfully. "'His very helplessness in her hands pricked her conscience "'at the moment that it restored her supremacy. "'His strength might menace others. "'She, at least, had nothing to fear from it.' "'Do you know,' she exclaimed, shaking off for the moment all restraint, "'what I'd like to do?' He looked at her, surprised. "'I'd like to ride back this minute with you and help find Abe Hawk.' "'I know I mustn't,' she went on as he listened. "'But I'd like to,' she persisted hurriedly. And then, afraid of herself more than of him, she repressed a quick good-bye and, without giving him time to answer, galloped away she reached the ranch house without further difficulty no one was stirring 
She stopped at the corral and turned in her horse, and walking awkwardly on her swollen ankle to the kitchen, built a fire, warmed herself as best she could, and went to her room. By the time her father was stirring, Kate, under her coverlets, quite exhausted, was fast asleep. It was broad day when she woke. Through an open window she saw sullen gray clouds still rolling down from the northwest, but between them the sun shot out at ragged intervals. The storm had broken. Walking gingerly from her room on her lame foot, she found the house empty. Her father, Kelly told her, had gone out early, and she sat down to a late breakfast, glad to be undisturbed in her thoughts. Her mind was still in a confusion of opinions, some long-cherished being crowded, so to say, to the wall, others, more than once rejected, growing bolder. It was in this mental condition that her seclusion was invaded by Van Horn. He swept off his hat with a show of spirits. "'Just heard you had gone home,' he sat down with her at the table. "'Everybody thought you stayed in town last night. Got lost, eh?' She raised her coffee cup noncommittally. "'For a while,' she murmured between sips. "'What time did you get here?' "'I was so glad to get to bed I never looked at my watch.' Again she regarded him quite innocently over the rim of her cup. "'Did anybody lose any stock?' He did not abandon his inquisition willingly, but each time he asked a question she parried and asked one in turn. He gave up without having gained any information she meant to withhold. It was not hard to keep him in good humor. Indeed, it was rather too easy. He pushed back his chair, crossed his legs, talked of a strong cattle market for the fall, and spoke of Hawk and the hunt he was keeping up for him. They had a story around, and some of the boys had the idea that his friends would pick a wet night like last night to take him into town. Is he still in the country? Sure he is. Say, Kate, he changed his attitude as lightly as he did his subject, uncrossed his legs, squared himself in his chair, and threw his elbows on the table. She met the new disposition with a tone of prudent reserve. What is it? When are you going to do something for a lonesome old scout? he asked bluntly. With as little concern as possible, she put down her knife and fork, and, with her hand seeking her napkin, looked at him. What do you mean? she returned collectively, by doing something. Marry me. Never. The passage was disconcertingly quick. Van Horn, thrown quite aback, remonstrated. His discomfiture was so undisguised that Kate was embarrassed. The next moment he was very angry. If that's the case, he blurted out, What's the use of my sticking around here fighting your battles? You are not fighting my battles. Maybe you don't call them your father's either, he exclaimed scornfully. They're your own battles, declared Kate. You know that as well as I do. All the same, your father gets the benefit of them, he continued hotly. I wish to heaven he had kept out of them. Van Horn eyed her sharply. His face reflected his sarcasm. 
"'Of course you needn't worry,' he grinned with implication. "'They wouldn't steal your horse, even if you do always leave it in Kitchen's barn. "'The falling wall bunch think too much of you for that.' Surprised as she was at this outbreak, Kate kept her head. "'There's some of the rustlers I'd trust as far as I would some of the raiders,' she rejoined coolly. "'Why don't you say Jim Laramie?' he exclaimed harshly. "'Jim Laramie,' she returned defiantly, "'is not the only one. "'He'll be the only one after our next clean-up in the falling wall, "'and he won't be one if he doesn't change his tune.' "'Kate's eyes were snapping fire. "'Take care that next time the falling wall doesn't clean you up,' she said bitingly. "'He snorted. "'I mean it,' she exclaimed. "'Next time you'll need to look out for yourself.' He bolted from his chair. That's the first time I ever heard anybody on this ranch take sides with the men that's robbing it or carry a threat to this ranch house for rustlers. Call it whatever you please. You won't change my opinion of you. But of course I'm only a woman and don't know anything. I'm thinking you know a whole lot more than you let on, he declared. Anyway, I wish you'd leave this ranch out of the rest of it. If you keep on cleaning up, as you call it, you'll go farther and fare worse. He brought down his fist. Not until I've cleaned out two more pups, anyway. Now look here, Kate, he went on. You may be fooling about this marrying, but you can bet I'm not. Well, you can bet I'm not, she returned, echoing his pert slang sharply. "'Who's the man?' he flung the question at her point-blank. As she flushed the least bit, it was with anger at his rudeness. "'There isn't any man, and there isn't going to be any, "'so please never talk again about my marrying you or anybody else.' She rose and left the table. He jumped to intercept her and tried to catch her hands. She let him see she was not in the least afraid, and as he confronted her, she faced him without a tremor. Let me pass, she fairly snapped out the words. Van Horn, without moving, broke into a boisterous laugh. Kelly walked in just then from the kitchen, and Van Horn, losing none of his malevolence, did stand aside. All right, he said. This time. End of chapter 27